Renowned psychologist Jordan Peterson will appeal the Ontario Superior Court's ruling that he must undergo mandatory social media training in order to keep his license. A number of Ontario universities are offering segregated orientation for black students. Some Ukrainians are deciding to ditch Canada due to the high cost of living and other factors. Hello Canada, it's Friday, August 25th and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia. And I'm Ili Kantemantel. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Renowned psychologist Jordan Peterson will appeal the Ontario Superior Court's ruling that he must undergo mandatory social media training in order to keep his license with the College of Psychologists of Ontario. The college is forcing Peterson to undergo a social media training course as a punishment for complaints they had received regarding some of Peterson's social and political commentary. Peterson asks for a judicial review of the College of Psychologists' order that he undergo the training, arguing that it was a violation of his freedom of expression. However, the court ruled in favor of the college on Wednesday. The controversial tweets Peterson made were comments about certain politicians, a plus-sized model, and transgender actor Elliot Page, formerly known as Ellen Page, which resulted in several people complaining to the college that this amounted to professional misconduct and potential harm to the public. None of the complainants themselves were any of the people Peterson was discussing on social media. Peterson argued that his personal opinions were out of the purview of the Ontario psychologist's governing body and that his views and opinions were protected under Canada's Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Ali, there's been a lot of discussion and commentary around this ruling online. Uh, I've seen some op-eds say that this is going to have a chilling effect on all professions, not just the profession of psychologists. How will this ruling affect other governing bodies? Uh, Are we witnessing the end of free speech in Canada for professionals? That's a good question. Look, Regulatory bodies exist for a lot of professions, law, medicine, psychology, and they do serve a purpose. I think it's important for these people to be licensed and when their conduct is not desirable for that to be addressed. And the rules of the college is to ensure that members practice psychology safely and in the public interest. And I do think that extends to social media. We don't want psychologists to be cyberbullying people or sexually harassing people online. But when you look at some of the tweets that were flagged as complaints, they are tweets criticizing authorities for wanting to take away the children of the Freedom Convoy parents. They are tweets against the COVID hysteria and supporting Pierre Polyev, there's a tweet where he calls Justin Trudeau a puppet. And while you could perhaps make the case that a psychologist shouldn't be calling people names, I wonder what the standard would be if it was a left-wing psychologist calling someone like Trump or Polyev a puppet. Would they get a disciplinary hearing? I don't actually think so. What this sets is a precedent where 
as you say, the end of free speech, but more scarily, that left-wing activists can now gather together and mob someone by sending all these complaints to a regulatory body. And they will do it to doctors who speak out against gender ideologies. They will do it to lawyers who speak out about other wokeism in schools. This is actually scary, and I am glad that he's appealing it. It's interesting that you mentioned COVID because we know during the height of the pandemic, a lot of doctors who spoke out against things like lockdowns, you know, shutting down the schools, keeping kids at home, were actually punished in a very similar way. Do you see some reflections in this current ruling and situation? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you look at someone like Dr. Patrick Phillips. I have heard from several doctors, Cosman, that have spoken to me one-on-one, -on -one, and they have told me what is going on in the hospitals with giving minors these irreversible tr gender transitions, yet they're afraid to speak out because they know they will lose their licenses. And this is becoming scary, but I think also what this is doing, this is actually undermining the importance of regulatory bodies. As I said earlier, these bodies are actually important to prevent malpractices real malpractice but when they become free speech police they actually become distrusted by the public and they really undermine the crucial work that they're supposed to do this episode is brought to you by shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell with Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Major Ontario universities are offering racially segregated orientation activities for Black freshman students as part of their diversity, equity, and inclusion agendas. Post-secondary institutions that are offering segregated orientation include the University of Toronto, Toronto Metropolitan University, or formerly known as Ryerson, McMaster University, and York University. The University of Toronto will be offering a, quote, Black Excellence Orientation for, quote, Black-identified students, featuring several dedicated activities. These activities include a games night, a BIPOC resource fair and Black alumni panel, a Black alumni meet and greet, as well as outdoor games and Black hair expositions. U of T will also host a dedicated welcome ceremony for Black business students and one for Black kinesiology students and do a Black, Queer, and Trans social. Toronto Metropolitan University is also offering segregated activities as part of its Black Student Experience Program. These activities include a Black seed planting workshop and BIPOC student mixer, a bead making activity, and a Black financing workshop. TMU notes that the events are for, quote, Black-identified students. You can read the full list of segregated events at www.tnc.news. So, Cosman, uh, what I have uncovered while doing this Campus Watch series is that racial segregation has become a new woke trend. We previously reported on several universities doing racially segregated graduation. There are also Blacks-only events that take place throughout the year, and some universities have even opened Black student lounges. Now, I think all people want to abolish racism. Racism is an evil sin. But this is being done in the name of anti-racism, this segregation, in the name of DEI. Don't you think they're actually 
doing the opposite of abolishing racism by doing things like segregating students based on race. Well, yes, this is crazy to me because from my understanding, you know, I was in university not too long ago. I was a freshman like nine years ago. And orientation was actually about bringing people together, giving you a sense uh, of, you know, place within your graduating year. So this does the opposite of that. It actually splits people apart into these identity-based groups. And I, I, I think it undermines the university experience, especially for newcomers, right? Uh, there's something special about the freshman year because uh, it's a it's a year of new experiences. You get to meet all kinds of new people who will be there with you along the way of the rest of your education. So yes, I think this does the exact opposite of what these events are supposed to do. And some of the you know claims that diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, make it's not really addressing racism. It's it's kind of uh, something else entirely. I would agree there. Uh, to me, this is just complete insanity. And look, we've seen other cases of woke insanity. Uh, at some point, the buck stopping and people saying enough is enough. Uh, when they were going insane with the COVID hysteria, at one point, the people said enough is enough. And we had a convoy and the restrictions ended. People are saying enough is enough with the radical gender ideology. People have started to kind of push back against the DEI struggle sessions after what happened with Richard Bilt. So what we haven't seen a full out uh, backlash against this divisive and quite frankly, racist ideology. Do you think we're going to get there eventually where people are going to say enough is enough with the DEI? Let's go back to all being one uh, people and accepting people for their character and their merit and treating people equally rather than doing this type of ideology. Uh, I don't think we can leave it up to university institutions to reform themselves because from what I've seen, they're unwilling to do so. We've seen pushback from students, for sure. We saw it during the pandemic. Students organized to fight some of the mask and, and vaccine mandates. Uh, we've seen pushback against some of the woke ideology from students, but also governments, right? I recall there have been several efforts by provincial governments to introduce you know, free speech requirements that universities have to abide by. So that is, I think, one avenue because I do believe it will require intervention. We can't leave it up to universities and academia itself to reform because they, they, they just don't seem willing. Yeah, that's a good point. And we have seen, for example, in Florida and Ron DeSantis, he has banned DEI ideology in Florida colleges and universities. Some Ukrainians are deciding to return home to their war-torn countries instead of remaining in Canada due to the high cost of living and other factors. According to a recent CBC News report, Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada are not tracking the number of outbound Ukrainian refugees, but the decision to abandon the country to return to their homeland is becoming all too common for some Ukrainians. According to Ukrainian-Canadian Social Services Toronto worker Andrei Zavyalov, he has seen at least 15 Ukrainians abandon Toronto for Ukraine. 
a survey conducted by Zavialov on those who came to Canada under the emergency program found that over 40% planned on remaining permanently, but 4.9% said they would head back home immediately, while another 11.6% said they hope to return when the war is over. This isn't the first time I've seen stories like this. I remember early on last year, like kind of soon after the war broke out in the UK, there was Ukrainians saying they were returning home. Now it's in Canada. We've seen these issues of of rising cost of living and, and housing being such a huge problem, not only for Canadian residents, but also for new immigrants. Can we blame these Ukrainians for wanting to return home to a war zone? Look, I don't blame them, but it is insane that these people would rather go to a war-torn country where bombs are flying out of the sky, where there's martial law, and where elections have been suspended than be in Canada and in our country having become so unlivable. In Toronto, the average rent is $2,500 a month. The average house is $1.1 million. It takes 25 years to save for a down payment. We are seeing a violent crime wave like never before. And people can't take the subway without thinking of getting stabbed. In fact, there was a Ukrainian newcomer in Edmonton that just days, I believe, after he came to Canada, he was stabbed. This is insane. Everything is more expensive. Gas is more expensive because of the carbon tax agenda. Food is getting more expensive. People are struggling to keep a roof over their head, gas in their tank, and to feed their families. And we saw that, you know, with the TikTok trend that we talked about last time. And as a result, some of these Ukrainian refugees have decided that they're better off in a war-torn country. I think this is an embarrassment, a real shameful embarrassment for Canada that refugees feel they're better off in the country that they escaped than they are here. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. If you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.